Why do we use so much jargon in public health? Have you ever had to read public health content multiple times to understand it? Plain language might just be the solution to all of this. Hi everyone, my name is Gordon, your host for this episode, along with my co-hosts LaShawn and Perva. In this episode, we'll dissect a communication resource created by the Public Health Communications Collaborative called Plain Language for Public Health. You're listening to the Public Health Insight Podcast, your go-to space for all things public health and global health, from the sustainable development goals to the social determinants of health, as well as interesting dialogues about the diverse career opportunities that exist in these fields. Remember to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify so other people like you can benefit from our content. Before we move on, it is important to note that the views expressed in this podcast are our own and do not necessarily represent any of the agencies or organizations we work for or are affiliated with. LaShawn, what does plain language mean for you? So when we're talking about plain language... We're really trying to see who are we communicating to, Mm. right? And that's going to be important to understand the way we're communicating that message. Mm. So making things understandable, accessible to a variety of different skill levels, to a variety of different languages, just to make sure that core target population that you're trying to target understands the message you're trying to provide. What's the point of using all this jargon all these lingos in public health that no one understands. Mm. You need to give the message in a way that they understand it and that they could use it and have an action with. So I can't tell the public about socio-ecological models and all those things? <laughs> Listen, I don't even know what that. Just joking. <laughs> Just joking. I'm supposed to know. All right. I'm let's supposed get in- to. Do I, though? <laughs> <laughs> let's get into the nitty-gritty. So this specific resource that we're talking about outlines three simple steps for plain language in public health, starting with preparing your communications, developing and organizing your communications, and reviewing and testing. Reviewing and testing, what does that mean? So Perva, talk Mm -hmm. us through preparing your communications. What does that step entail? All right, step one, prepare your communications. So before you create your messaging and you have the topic that you want to be speaking about, say it's about the upcoming flu season. Get to know your audience. Think about who exactly are you targeting this communication to. Make sure you have the goals of your content realized, written down, and make sure that you are keeping them in mind when you go forth with the next two steps. So first steps, you want to ask yourself, what is your target audience? Consider things like age, language, cultural background do they have a specific occupation from there there may be a smaller group within that audience that you want to be targeting maybe it's specifically people who live in Brampton and are above the age of 65 you know so narrow down your audience be specific with this don't just say the general public because that's not going to help you try and target your communication in a proper way from there you want to consider really get into the mind of this audience think about Mm. what do they know Mm-hmm. What type of questions will they probably ask if they see something about flu season, for example? And what type of important information do I want to make sure that I am giving to them? So those are like your goals, 
your communication strategy in terms of who you want to target and then think about where those people are going to be most often will they be listening to the radio will they be Mm. reading the newspaper will they be going to their doctor's office more often you know things like that really understand who you want to talk to and what you want to tell them and think about what type of questions they're probably going to ask you so i think all this is very important information Mm. i like take a step back Mm. what is the goal of this communication Mm. what are we actually trying to get people to do Mm. so is it to provide updated guidance about flu season like Perva was talking about is it increased awareness about a potential new disease Mm. is it to increase the flu vaccination rates for specific individuals right what is the goal are we debunking specific misinformation within the community Mm-hmm. If we don't know the goal, we can't really help answer and develop this communications plan that we're trying to do here. Yeah. Say you are trying to target the general public. You want to make it a really broad communication. You want to be able to hit everybody, hit their wherever they're at. Not physically. In, no, you're not physically. <laughs> you want to hit their ears with information. Or yes. <laughs> um, eyes. Or eyes. Or eyes. <laughs> so in those scenarios you likely have to make up a multi-stepped approach in the sense that you will have a certain type of communication catered towards young people then you'll have a different Mm. method for those that are working class and then a different one for people that are retired so audience segmentation exactly so you will need to if you're really trying to target a large group of people you will likely need to think about okay I can't do the same thing for teenagers that I would be doing for retired seniors. I need to be doing something different. So you got to think through that. Talk to people that are in those groups and see where, like, you know, really study. Where will they be? What do they actually Mm -hmm. look at? What do they listen to? I like what you said, Perva, about earlier about understanding what they know. Mm-hmm. It's also important to know what they mm-hmm. don't know because mm-hmm. that's the information gap that you're also trying to fill there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine a small organization, <laughs> audience segmentation, different messages for this one and that one. What does this one know? What does that one not know? But mm-hmm. it's important for effective messaging. Yes. Right. So that's a step that you can't skip. Now that you have a strong understanding of your audience that you talked about perva and mm-hmm. the goals that you talked about Lashawn, it's time to develop the material itself so what are we doing when we're actually developing these materials these messages to reach that intended goal with that specific audience that we have in mind what does that really look like in a practical sense when we're filling out this material and these messages one of the biggest things I think when you're actually developing your actual body and your text is using audience-centered writing. Mm. And what does that mean? Well, it's simple things that we already talk about in public health, like use everyday words and avoiding specific jargon that a lot of people don't know. Mm. They claim to know, maybe they don't know what it actually means. Using short sentences with an active voice. How many times have you read a sentence and it just keeps running on and on and by the time you get to the end, if you can make it to the end, do you really remember what it all means? Mm. So using short sentences with an active voice. So in, in the document that we're talking about right now, 
They have examples of passive voices versus active voices, mm. non-conversational voices versus conversational voices. And then the last thing is, in terms of audience-centered writing, is using you. Put you, the person that we're communicating to, in the center. No. Oh. Okay. What does that look like? So, for example, this is a third person writing. All students are encouraged to wash their hands often to prevent the spread of germs. Hmm. Versus second person, remember to wash your hands. Washing your hands will keep you and your classmates from spreading germs. Hmm. It's more active and it's talking about you. Mm. And you know, it can be difficult to transition if you're not actively thinking of using the active voice um you can quickly fall back into the more passive version because when you write formal Mm. reports when you're doing formal presentations you actually try to avoid the word you You, you're trying to talk about Mm -hmm. it as a general organizational systemic approach to changing things and so this pivot to using an active voice and really talking to people in a conversational method it actually takes some really you you have to try to do it it's not something that will come easily oftentimes unless you really get used to it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and can you 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 gave in it you talked about passive versus active voice Mm. is that is that what you were getting at or is that a different type of example to tease out oh yeah so with the passive voice you're it would be something like this Taking the time to visit the dentist twice a year for cleaning is recommended for most people over the age of two years old. Mm, versus a more yeah, versus okay. a more active voice. Everyone ages two and up should get mm. their teeth cleaned every six months. You see the difference there? Mm. Mm. Sort of puts that personal responsibility on someone to take action mm-hmm. rather than calling out a group specifically. And what it what it really does there at its core is the active voice really puts the important information, the who and the what, at the mm. very beginning of the sentence, and it requires less mental effort to really understand from the perspective of the reader. Right. Because it's also when... something you can skim and quickly know right, what you're there saying. Right, That's what I was going to say. Exactly. Mm-hmm. There we go. Now, once we have that done, there's one key thing that this guide talks about is something called bluff, and I don't think they're talking about poker. Oh, so... <laughs> They're not? Perfect. I what are love they talking bluffing, about? but mm. not obviously in poker. But um, no, this is something gamble I Gamble responsibly if you gamble. I Fun fact, I don't know how to play poker. <laughs> LaShawn and I were speaking about this earlier. And this is something I actually try and do regularly, even if you're not making this general communication for you know public health campaigns and stuff, is trying to put what something... So bluff stands for bottom line up front so essentially that means you're putting the most important information or the action that you're trying to get people to take right at the very beginning of the communication and then the general background information will be at the end um so maybe isn't that counterintuitive no because sometimes again this comes to the idea that people will be skimming your information they're not Mm going to be reading word for word if you have a pamphlet or a poster They'll read the first couple sentences and move on. And so when you put that action item or the most important information right at the beginning, it's likely to, one, catch their attention because you're getting them to do something right off the bat. And two, you're making sure they're getting the information right right away and then the things that come after are background information that maybe they don't need to know or they might not read but that initial stuff that you want them to do sticks in their mind and they will try and remember to do that. So an example of something that does use bottom line uh, front is you know um 
Do not use tap water to drink, brush your teeth, wash produce, and feed your pets as it pose a health risk. So versus something where they're going to give a background information on there's been a water main break at so-and-so city. City technicians are trying to fix it. Make sure that you're boiling your water and trying to avoid tap water. But you know what I mean? Like you're putting mm-hmm. that action item right at the top. So if people don't need to know that there's been a water line break, that's okay. They just need to make sure to not drink tap water at the moment. Mm. Okay. So I, I'm guessing the purpose of that, I'm just trying to think through that in my head, is that you might lose people with yeah. that first sentence in that it's not clear how this particular information relates mm-hmm. to them. Mm-hmm. But by putting what relates to them in the very beginning, they can read on if they want additional context yes, or exactly. continue on with the message. Exactly. And sometimes I think also when you provide the background information, it may be a little more technical or it may have certain information that they might not understand, which obviously you're still trying to keep simple. But if you put that action right at the top, you know, people who aren't taking the time to read an entire pamphlet or an entire notification or advisory, they'll just Mm -hmm. know what you got to do. Okay. Any more tips to round out that piece with you know, I saw in the document about lists and headers. Isn't that basic? Mm-hmm. Why do we still use those? Well, sometimes you have, say, uh, you're saying, please do blah, 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 one, two, three, four, five type of things. Don't put it into a paragraph. So don't do a colon and then just list out things in one paragraph. It's much more visually, one, visually appealing, mm-hmm. two, easily digestible for people to just see a header, one sentence, and then a bullet point or a numbered list after. It's, it really comes down to just being able to quickly be able to read, make inferences, make connections. If you have two lists of things to do and things not to do right beside each other versus mm. a paragraph of things that tell you what to do and then a paragraph of things that tell you what not to do. Mm. You, you know, it's, you have to make those connections on your own. Visually, lists and headers are easily mm. digestible. Yeah, we've done all that. It's a lot of work to get us to this point. Now we're ready to put everything out and go about our business. Is that what we do next, LaShawn? We can wrap it all up and move on to the next thing? Or is there uh, a step that we need to pursue? There's once a step, yeah, there's a, the next step. So step number three would be review and testing. So we figured out the audience. We figured out the goal. We've understood. A lot of work, I know it is. <laughs> We've understood the audience. We developed some text here and there about being able to have user-friendly organizational language, audience-centered writing. So the next step is to review and test your material before you release Mm. it. That sounds like a lot of work. I thought once I write it, I could just post it. Yeah. No? Yeah, just review, just look at it real quick and then put it out. Perva, why why is it important to review and test? What are we testing? What does that mean? What What does that mean, Perva? You're stressing me out. So... You've done all this work. You did your little, like, you know, made the campaign or made some communications. And you think it makes sense. You're the one that wrote it. Oh, it 100% makes sense. It makes sense to you. But, like, how do you know if it It makes sense sense to the people? Exactly. Mm. And so, first step first, you want to give it to a colleague, like a peer who isn't part of this project. They can look at it, make sure they understand it. But then say they're still part of this information. They're also a public health expert. They might be able to fully understand it as well. So not only do you want to do an internal review with people that already work with you, but also an external one where maybe you ask 
your grandma or your mom or your dad yeah. to kind of read and be like, does this make sense to you? You're not part of public health per se. This is what, you know, it's targeting your specific audience, your age group. Does it make sense? So when you do that, you'll be able to get an idea of does what you've come up with actually is it digestible? Is it understandable to the people that you're trying to target? Mm-hmm. And does it need to be changed? A really good way of getting this is asking someone to read it and then paraphrase it back to you. Oh, so if okay. they read it and they actually paraphrase it in a way that sounds different or they understood it in a different correlation or a different type of relationship, that means that's something you need to improve on or clarify better. So I think mm-hmm. that's one of my favorite ways to make sure that what, mm-hmm. you're, what they're reviewing actually works. So LaShawn, I'm busy. I'm your colleague who you've asked to review it. And I'm just going to say, LaShawn, it looks good. Go ahead. Is there anything, any prompts that you can give me to focus my concentration on what I'm looking for specifically when I review those messages? That's a very real situation, especially Mm. working in public health, where we're trying to do timely communications, especially when things are very dynamic in the space, COVID-19, Uh, infections are on the rise Mm -hmm. we need to communicate that quickly we're talking about internal reviews reviews that are testing people that are not in the space it Mm -hmm. seems like there's a lot of time involved here so how are you supposed to get timely communication so yeah when you're asking people to review it you could ask things like who do you understand the audience of this message to be again Mm -hmm. we talked about the audience we defined it early on in step one is this person you're asking to review, can they understand who the audience is based on Mm. what you give them? How could we make this messaging more relevant to the targeted audience? Is the most important information clearly stated? Mm. Have we included the appropriate calls to actions or goals? Are there any words that are confusing or technical that can confuse people? Can those words be replaced for something simpler? And did you have to read any of the sections that we developed twice to understand it? Or did you understand mm-hmm. on the first go? So these are quick things you could ask people reviewing your material to make sure it, it is what you intended it to be mm-hmm. instead of Gordon knowing everything and just posting stuff. <laughs> right. Now, when we, what's the ultimate goal of asking those questions, Pervi? Like, are we testing? We use the word testing. So are we testing for something? What are we testing for? Four main things. Mm. One thing you're trying to test, readability. Is it easy to read? Is it something people, your target audience is able to read easily? Accessibility. Is it accessible to people, not just physically, but maybe someone who is not scientifically, you know, they don't have a background on science. Are they able to access that information in the communication things you're trying to provide? Um, is it relevant to them? Make sure that it is relevant as you know things move quickly. Keep it updated, posted like that. And four is reactions. Is it just creating a positive reaction like you wanted or is it causing shock value like you wanted mm. them to have? So those type of more emotional reactions as well. I didn't know a nine-page document could be so complex because it talked a lot about plain language for public health and the three mm. steps that are involved and we talked a lot about those pieces. We'd encourage those who have an interest in being better communicators to pursue that specific resource, which we'll include in the comment section. Mm-hmm. It's a resource from the Public Health Communications Collaborative. And this has been Gordon, Perva, LaShawn, your favorite public health professionals and communicators talking about plain language for public health. Signing off. Until next time. Cheers.
Thank you for listening to the Public Health Insight Podcast, your go-to space for informative conversations, inspiring community action. If you enjoy our podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. See you in the next one.